Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. Here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, uh, I do want to congratulate you on a big playing game win for the Lakers as they won the consolation tournament to get into the playoffs, and now they are immediately down to the Suns a one. You know, I what if you were to ask me how confident I was. Before yesterday or yesterday, yeah, no, was it yesterday? No, it was Saturday's game. Uh, I would have told you that I was extremely confident, and now I have my doubts because I never seen Anthony Davis play like shit quite like that. So, yeah, um, I'm still confident though. I mean, I'm kind of over exaggerating a little bit. But it is a concern. If I mean, the Suns are no pushover. They're the number two seed for a reason. So um, I'm I, I'm still cautiously optimistic. But they have got to, you know, do something or else uh, it might be a quick exit for them. Suns are really good, man. Suns are really good. I saw a stat today that Anthony Davis has never won a playoff game without Rajon Rondo as his teammate. Ouch. Which is nuts. He got swept every year. He was in the playoffs with the Pelicans, except the year they had Rondo, and they won the series. And then, uh, obviously, last year, he was on the Lakers, and they won. But, hey, we, we, got, a, <laughs> we got a long way before the Lakers are out, uh, even if they get knocked out in the first round. But we're here to talk football, and Johnny crept up on us really quick this year. But we are basically at that point in the offseason where there is nothing to talk about. So today we are bringing back a Butting Heads podcast tradition, a game I like to call Do We Give a Shit, where we talk about headlines that can be read about the Rams right now 
and decide if we care about them or if we don't. Are you ready to go? Uh, I've been looking forward to this all offseason. Let's do it. It, it is a, an absolute tried and true tradition on butting heads. And we actually have some very timely uh, discussion points. We, we had a topic on the show last week. We ended up canceling the show last week because, A, we're in the depths. B, I was busy uh, and tired. Here we are. Um, Julio Jones is apparently on his way out of Atlanta today on, of all places, undisputed with Skip and Shannon. Uh, Shannon basically broke the news by calling Julio and asking if he was going back. And he said, I'm out of there live on the air. Don't know if he knew it was on the air. It was what a fucking moment. Um, just insane on tons of levels. But quickly after that, the 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 real reporters came back and said, "Listen, he requested a trade a month ago or months ago. Pretty sure that was reported months ago." Uh, and here we are. And recently, uh, Peter Schrager of NFL Network came out and basically said that he thought the LA would be a great option for Julio Jones, and it would make sense for them to trade for him. This is what he said. Here's the connection. Julio's best seasons as a pro were in Atlanta, obviously in the middle of his career. His wide receiver's coach during that time was Raheem Morris. Who's the new defensive coordinator for the LA Rams? Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris has been with Julio all this time in Atlanta the past five seasons. He could be the guy that bangs on the table and tells McVay and Leston and Kevin Demoff and the guys, let's go get him. If I know anything about the Rams, it's that they live life to the fullest and they're looking to ways to make the team the best team possible and to win now always. So... I think, you know, it's not saying, do we give a shit about the Julio Jones, you know, phone call thing that happened today? Because I don't know how you couldn't give a shit about that. Just as a sports fan, that was unbelievable. But as this relates to the Rams, and as people speculate, it makes sense for them to go get Julio Jones. Do we give a shit, Johnny? We give a shit for one reason and one reason only. And it's not a it's not the reason you might be thinking. Let's be real. The Rams getting Julio Jones is a very slim chance. I I would say it's probably less than a ten percent chance he comes to uh LA. Would I love Julio Jones to come to LA? Absolutely. I I would be ecstatic. I mean there's there's no reason why I wouldn't want him to come to L.A. The problem is, even if the Rams could somehow pull this off, where the hell are they going to get the money for this guy? It's just, it's not possible. I mean, Les Snead is magic when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to salary cap, but even he has his limits, and Julio Jones would by far send them over the cap it's not even up for debate that that's how little space the Rams have. And then bringing on a huge contract like Julio Jones. Yeah. That, that, that's a pretty nil chance that that happens still. He is less need. So I guess anything is possible, but um, why you should, why I give a shit and why you should give a shit is if <laughs> Julio Jones ends up on, the Cardinals. 
who <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is actively trying to recruit him. But then again, so is Jalen Ramsey. So it, it absolutely terrifies me that Julio Jones has the possibility to go to Arizona. I I don't know what their cap space is, to be honest with you. I I can't imagine that it's it's like they have a ton of money, but I imagine that it's much better than the Rams. So for me, I, I'm mostly giving a shit to see if he actually ends up in the NFC West in entirely. I mean, not just with the Cardinals, but with any team in the NFC West. Because, I mean, all offenses in the NFC West are dangerous, and adding Julio Jones as a potential opponent, that's that's a scary thought. It really is. So, Steve, do you give a shit? Uh, it's tough. Like, I kind of give a shit. But not really. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. I actually do think um, if you really dig into the cap, if the Rams were to trade for Julio Jones, it, it, the number they would trade for him at isn't what he's currently making. It would end up being, I believe I saw, like $12.5 million. The Rams have $7.5 million in cap space. So, I mean, like, they could fucking figure it out if they wanted to acquire him. Like, the problem is they don't really have the draft capital to do it. If the Falcons wanted to pick three years from now, uh, then, yeah, let's talk, boys. Um, but... We don't have a first until 2024, which complicates things. I think that they probably would, will, and should get a first for him uh, or some young talent back, which I guess we could provide too. But it just it just seems unlikely. I think he's going to go to a team that has cap space, has picks, and doesn't have five wide receivers on their depth chart that don't have a chance of getting cut uh, and all <laughs> might compete for playing time. Um, I, I don't think that because you drafted Tutu Atwell and you signed Deshaun Jackson and you have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods locked in contracts for a long time, that should stop you from going to get Julio Jones. If you can, the Rams should absolutely make a call and see what's up. Um, you know, the receiving core is clearly missing the type of player that Julio Jones is. And yes, our guys are very good, but he would immediately be the best player in the room. Uh, that is not a knock on anyone in the room. We're talking about a, we're talking about a fucking Julio Jones here. Uh, but like, yeah, it, I don't know. I I, I kind of give a shit in that regard, but I also like don't give a shit because I I just feel, I would be fucking floored if this happened. I feel like the path to getting there is so difficult and. For like a guy who, yes, it would upgrade the position by a lot. Uh, it's also not something they need to be actively looking to upgrade right now. Would be crazy if he went to Arizona. I also really do not see that happening, considering that they spent a uh, was it a first round pick on a receiver, right, or uh, or a second, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and they got AJ Green. I mean, I guess like same same thing as with us. It shouldn't stop you from going to get him, but. They are already paying DeAndre Hopkins ungodly amounts of money. Are they going to bring in another guy uh, like a like Julio Jones when they already got AJ Green and when they spent draft capital on another receiver? I, I doubt it. I'm interested to see where he goes. I don't think it's going to be in the division. I sincerely hope not, man. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to face Julio Jones you know, two times a year. 
<laughs> I definitely do not. Uh, and he's still really good. I know he's been banged up at times over the past couple of years. Uh, he's Julio, so he'll occasionally have just a random garbage game. I don't know why. He's just, of, of all the elite players, he's one of the guys more prone to putting up duds. But, I mean, he's a potentially a Hall of Famer. Uh, if he plays a couple more years at a high level, he'll be a lock for the Hall of Fame, I think. <laughs> if you could get him in... You, you want to add a receiver with the second over with your first pick in this draft at 57 overall because you want to add as much firepower as you, to the offense as possible. You have to make a call at least. You have to be like, here's what we got. Here's what we can do. Um, I doubt it'll happen. I don't really give a shit, but I'm not totally out on it. Did you see the clip from Undisputed, by the way? I did. It, oh, my God. <laughs> it, was it, it was entertaining. What? Yeah, but... but... <laughs> But somewhere out there, you just know that Les Need is out there saying, "Hold my beer." Oh yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta at least try. Julio, <laughs> they don't hit the market that often. No, not at all. <laughs> Next on our list, uh, our backup quarterback John Wolford, who wore number nine last season. Matthew Stafford came in; he changed his number to three. Recently, Cam Akers decided. I'm going to go back to three. That's what I wore in college due to the new rules. And now John Wolford switched his number to 13. He is not the first Rams quarterback to wear number 13. And as a result of that, people on Twitter are fucking outraged. Uh, Kurt Warner obviously wore number in the past. It's bringing up a big debate on why is Kurt Warner's number retired? Why would they let another quarterback wear this number? It's obviously been worn by a handful of wide receivers over the past couple years for the Rams Uh, Chris Gibbons comes to mind I believe he wore number 13 a couple years back but never really a quarterback that I can remember and here we are John Wolford's wearing it people are flipping out Uh, Kurt Warner actually quote tweeted a fan uh, a fan uh, the dad of the host of the Rams brothers apparently which is hilarious Uh, and he said Numbers are made to be worn. Records are made to be broken. People are made to be inspired. Greatness is made to be chased after. And hopefully John Wolford is made is made to make them forget about me and make the number his. So I guess, like, we kind of had this debate in a different sense last offseason when Tremaine Ankrum switched his number to 76 and Orlando Pace was offended you didn't call him. Uh, and now it's like the opposite. Kurt Warn- Wolford switched to Kurt Warner's number and people are mad on his behalf. So, Johnny, do you give a shit that John Wolford is wearing 13? Not at all. And and to tell you the truth, it, it's slightly different. I know this is going to sound really disrespectful, but I don't, I don't give a shit. Uh, it, it's slightly different with this number because, yes, Kurt Warner was probably our best quarterback in this franchise. You, you could certainly make that argument. Um, but was he a legend like Orlando Pace? I would say no. Uh, that's not to be disrespectful to Kurt Warner. It's just reality, you know. And truthfully speaking, again, this this is like a number. This isn't a guy that you know. He he did his time for sure. He should be remembered. He's definitely always going to be remembered as a Ram, uh, no matter which way you spin it. But I don't know. For me, it's a non-issue. It's a number. 
and it's not somebody that's deceased, nor is it uh, somebody that I feel like you you really need to ask permission for. Um, it, it would be nice for a courtesy call, yeah, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I think people made way too much of it, so no, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't give a shit at all, and I kind of agree with you. It's Kurt Warner's kind of hard to quantify because, like, A, he might be the most consequential player in the history of the franchise and that he stepped in, won MVP, and led them to their only Super Bowl. But B, he had three good seasons on the Rams and ultimately hasn't really, like, owned the Rams as his franchise, as, like, the team he reps post-retirement, which is fine. I don't hold any gripes with him at all for any of that. But it's just like a thing. It's a fact. He only played for the team for six years. Like I said, three of them were were really meaningful. Uh, If you look at the players who have had their numbers retired, and I think this could be a fun podcast to really dive into these. The only guy who spent less time with the team than Kurt Warner that got his number retired was Eric Dickerson, who was here for five years. But a pretty meaningful five. Not that Kurt Warner's five, six years weren't meaningful. They might have been more meaningful than a lot of players that walked through here. But you know, only half of them was he really contributing, and Dickerson was pretty much contributing for all five of his. When you look at the other players that have had their jerseys retired, uh, five of the eight guys that the Rams have retired, and, and listen, they've only retired eight jerseys in their, how long, what did they become a team in the 30s? <laughs> Over 75 years. Uh, they've retired eight players. Five of those eight guys were here for 11 or more seasons. And the other three guys, Marshall Falk was here for eight. Bob Waterfield was here for eight. Eric Dickerson was here for five. So, And you mentioned Orlando Pace. He was here for 12, and he's not retired yet. So it's like I don't give a sh- really give a shit that his number is not retired yet. It's a fun debate, but it's not like it, – to me, it's like if it gets retired, good for him. If it doesn't get retired, okay. Like this is not like the NBA where you have 15 players on a roster. You have 53 players every year. You literally can't retire every number because you're going to run out of numbers. Uh, and it's Pretty like, much. yeah, when you talk about like legacies, it's like, who's the best player to ever play for the Miami Heat? It's LeBron James. But, Johnny, is he the first player <laughs> you think of when you think of the Heat franchise? Nope, not no, not at all. he's not. And it's kind of like with Shaq, too. Like, he's the best center to ever play for the Heat. You still think of Alonzo Mourning when you think of the Heat centers, like, over the years. Um, and that's kind of similar with like Kurt Warner versus say Jackie Slater or something like that. Uh, clearly he, he had a better, he was a better player. That guy was here for 20 years. He, he's more of a Rams legend. He's, that's why his jersey's hanging up there. Now with Wolford, I really don't care because especially with the new rule, there really is not a ton of numbers for him to choose from. And 13 is fine. Like how many open numbers are there? Uh, it's a cool number. It's, you know, if anything, it could be paying homage to Warner. Uh, John Wolford is a guy who, like Kurt Warner, took a day job in between his college career and get actually getting the NFL. So I actually kind of love it. And I guess I give a shit in the way that, like, I think it's cool he's switching to 13, not giving a shit in the way that people are uproared about it relating to Kurt Warner and how his jersey should be retired. Yeah, it's truly a... a... You, you really shouldn't be upset about this. I mean, Kurt Warner isn't upset. Um, he, there's no reason why you should be. Wolford isn't doing this to disrespect him in any way. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's just the number. And it's it's something that, uh, you know, you, you probably won't see too much of unless something happens to Matthew Stafford. Hopefully that, that doesn't happen. But um, at the end of the day, it's it's just John Wolford's number. That's it. That, nothing to be upset about. Yeah. And, hey, maybe he's doing it to pay respects to Kurt Warner. It's kind of like like in current day when like modern pop stars will remix like old songs, they'll cover them, and people will be upset, be like, "How could you disgrace like this song?" It's like, okay, buddy, be sure to call you out next time you're listening to Eric Clapton's version of "I Shot the Sheriff," and you're complaining about shit like this. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Off season, baby. This is where we thrive. Cam Akers wasn't listed in Pro Football Focus's list of the top 32 running backs heading into the 2021 season. Uh, this was written by, I don't want to shame this author before we don't say his name, Sam Monsoon. Uh, you can follow, he's a Pro Football Focus writer. Uh, I believe he's like a fun follower on Twitter as well. But he did not put Cam Akers. In his top 32 running backs in the NFL heading into the following season. Now, I'm sure you're sitting there asking how. Uh, and also, like, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, like, you know I am not the the media is disrespecting the Rams guy at all. I kind of hate when people do that. But here are some of the running backs that were ranked out of him. In addition to three rookies, <laughs> Tony Pollard was ranked 21. Devin Singletary was ranked 22. Naheem Hines was ranked 27. Kenyon Drake was ranked 31. Mark Ingram was ranked 32. So, like, I actually got to give a shit about this. That, like, I kind of love getting riled up by this stupid shit like this. Like, I just don't get how you're compiling this list. And, like, I'm not even going to sit here and say Cam Ake. I'm not going to, definitely not going to say or say he's a top 10 back. I might not even sit here. And say he's a top 20 back. But, like, if you're looking at players in the NFL last year and you're sitting there beside him between Zony Pollard and Devin Singletary and Cam Akers and you're watching the tape and you're looking at the stats and you're projecting who's going to be better next year, you're taking that all into account. How do you fucking land at this conclusion? How do you put Mark Ingram, who is clearly just on his way out of the NFL out <laughs> of game makers. I, I, I say I give a shit and that this actually got me riled up and I was pretty annoyed about it. Like I just, there's just some things where like, it, it's like, and we say this about like, you know, when great front offices do things like draft Greg Robinson second overall, um, or, or even more so like draft trunk candidate, 31st when you have Marshall Falk on your roster it's like you this guy might be a very talented writer he might really know his stuff but sometimes you just do shit and you're like how the fuck did you get there like what path did you take to rank to getting to 32 sure you ranked all you're like Kendrick Canyon Drake fine you're at 32 and you're like well I think Mark Ingram is the better player at this point in his career like how do you get there Sugar Ray Leonard Roberto Duran Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, 
only on Showtime. You know, the funny thing is, as for me, like, I, I really don't give a shit about this kind of stuff. If you were to ask me this, like, a few years ago, I might get riled up over it. But the, the type of shit like this comes out so frequently now. It, it's a lot of times I wonder if that's truly the writer's opinion or if it's just like it's just uh, an extra piece that is designed to get people talking, which, hey, you know, if if that's what he was trying to do, congratulations, he, he, he did that. And I, I really wonder that because you see you see this happen every year. Usually it's more along the lines right around, uh, you know, uh, preseason time or uh, like a couple weeks before the season. And you see uh, usually with quarterbacks where, you know, you see uh, guys like Taysom Hill at a ridiculous ranking, like, you know, 13th overall, um, you know, a guy that doesn't even start at all. Yeah, that that's basically the same type of stuff that's happening here. I don't know. I, to me, the biggest insult was Kenyon Drake. This guy isn't even starting anymore. He's he's going to be behind Josh Jacobs on the fucking Raiders. I mean, I mean, bro, Mark Ingram might not even make the Texans. Like, that, that says a lot, too. <laughs> I, I think that's much worse than Kenyon Drake, who I also, though, would not rank ahead of Cam Akers. No, not at all. I, I mean... There's a reason why Drake is behind on the roster of the Raiders. I I just and that 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 signing in of itself was stupid too. But um, long story short, here I I just I don't read too much into it because I I I seriously doubt that this writer truly believes what he wrote there, and I just think it was designed to get people riled up, which, like I said, it worked. Cam Akers is clearly going to be a much better back, considering he stays healthy. And, you know, I I can't guarantee that Cam Akers is going to be, you know, a a top 20 back or anything like that. I think he will be. But if you ask me to guarantee it, I couldn't, uh, in good faith, say he's going to be a top 20 back. Because... Realistically, he was a rookie last year. He didn't play really the full season. He was kind of in an experimental rotation that Sean McVay was running until the end of the season. And in an offense that just wasn't really that effective. This year, I think things are going to be much different in terms of offensive scheme. And I think this is going to help him out a lot. So, yeah, considering he stays healthy... I think that he's capable of being a top 20 back. But if you wanted to play it safe and say he's like, I don't know, number 23, 24, I think that would be a lot more realistic than putting in a rookie who's never played a single down in the NFL. Like, to me, that just, it makes zero sense to do that. Yeah, and like, I I feel like it's not just for clickbait because like, if you were going to make that case, like if you were going to go for like the bold take, like, you could put him at, like, 23 behind Tony Pollard and Devin Singletary. Like, that could be your claim. The Rams had three running backs rush for more yards than Mark Ingram last year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all three of them. Fucking Malcolm that's, Brown that's more yards. Yeah, it's just, like, I don't know how, like, 
You couldn't even put in like Miles Gaskin. You couldn't even put in like Daryl Henderson, <laughs> David Johnson. Even like a guy, a guy who was also washed, but I don't know. Just, just absolutely wild stuff. Just absolutely wild. <laughs> Here's another fun one. Uh, the Rams have the youngest roster in the NFL heading into 2021. Um, their average rate, average age, 24. 24- Point sixty two years old. Uh, the oldest in the NFL is 26.37. So, I mean, it's less than a two-year difference between the top and the bottom. Uh, other teams on the list, Seahawks at 14, Cardinals at 30, and 49ers 31. Uh, Johnny, I do not give a shit about this, truly. Um, the Rams are not a particularly young team, even though they have a lot of youth on their roster. Uh, you're not going to Matthew Stafford's not young. Uh, Aaron Donald, and I mean Stafford too. Both guys got a lot of juice left in the tank, but uh, they're not young. Their best offensive lineman is like could be like my fucking grandpa at this point. Uh, I don't give a shit about this. I think it's a useless stat. There's a lot of youth on the team, and that's always a good thing to have. But like you can't. I I don't think the Rams are a young team per se. They just have a lot of young players on their roster. Uh, yeah, I, I truly don't give a shit about this either. You, the core players of this team are not young, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, this is exactly the type of formula that every team should aspire to have, you know, um, and that's why there's not a huge differential between the youngest and oldest team because it's the exact same formula that every team is doing. You know, some more than others, and in this case, the Rams more than others. Uh, they value their youth in terms of, you know, training, developing them. And it's one of the reasons why the Rams are victims of losing their homegrown talent. That much is true. But again, it's nothing that any other team isn't already trying or already doing. So does this article or does the stat tell me anything? Not really. It, it it's just oh okay, the Rams are the youngest team technically. Yeah, great. And, and when you don't, you know, sign free agents, <laughs> like your whole rot, your basically all your depth is going to be very young players, and that's where the Rams are at now. You know, it's even though they have Matthew Stafford, Andrew Whitworth, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Aaron Donald, Robert Woods, you know, guys that aren't uh, Tyler Higby. Guys, like a lot of guys that aren't old, but Rob Havenstein, you could even throw him in the mix there. Um, A. Sean Robinson. Like, these guys aren't, you know, spring chickens. They're not not old, but not a young team. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Next on the list, uh, Johnny, you brought this one up, so I'm going to let you introduce it. Uh, there's a lot of debate lately about who is the true A.D., in Los Angeles. So I, I brought this, uh, this topic to Steve's attention because I recently, I, I forget the writer. I probably should have researched that before, uh, before I came on here. But, um, there was a writer that did an article about Aaron Donald and I believe it was a social media post where they shortened Aaron Donald and put a D And basically, I saw in a lot of comments, not just on Twitter, but pretty much everywhere else it was posted, where 
basically the same comment was being made, and everybody was saying that the only AD that exists is Anthony Davis. And Aaron Donald should not be called AD. And, like, for me, like, if it was a couple of guys, I probably wouldn't bring this up. But there was so many people that was so passionate about this topic, about this situation, that calling Aaron Donald AD when Anthony Davis has been more notably known as AD. I don't know. Like, Steve, do you give a shit? No. I, 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 I might not. I don't give a shit about this at all. There's not many <laughs> things that have happened in sports that I give less of a shit about. Uh, first of all, Adrian Peterson used to be called AD uh, for all day, which was very confusing because his initials were AP. Uh, it's two letters, man. You can't, you can't put a, uh, <laughs> like you can't put a stranglehold on two letters, you know, and they don't even play the same sport. It'd be different if like there was a player in, I, I like, I don't know, in the NBA named, uh, Kenneth Davidson and people started calling him KD and you're like, okay, what about Kevin Durant? Uh, they don't play the same sport. Like it's only relevant, I guess, because they're in the same city. And also, it's initials. Like it's their it's their God given names. Like, what do you want him to do? Should he change his name to Aaron Bonald? A B. Oh, we got that too already. I kind of I kind of want people to start calling him Aaron Bonald now. <laughs> I will if he, when he has a bad game, which never happens. So <laughs> probably will never, never get called that. He, he may not put up stats, but still, if you were to ask the opposing team if he had a bad game or not, they would say no. He had a, he had a damn good game. So, so uh, yeah. Uh, weird topic for me. I, I, again, I wouldn't have brought this up if I only saw, like, a couple of people make that comment. There was so many people. I kid you not. Like, and they they were not like just comments, like saying, "No, this should be Anthony Davis." As no, like people were seriously like going at at coming after this uh, writer for for just simply calling Aaron Donald AD. Like, relax, guys. It's, it's just it's two letters. Relax. It, it's not that serious. <laughs> yeah, man. Jesus. Like, who cares? It's really not be a Aaron Donald. I'm sorry. A Aaron. Love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, nothing means less than late May football quotes. So let's get into a couple. Leonard Floyd, uh, talking about his new defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, said he brings a little bit more energy than Brandon Taylor. Here's the whole quote. They're both energy guys. But Coach Morris might have a tab more. He likes to talk a little bit more junk to you. They both get you going a lot. Uh, cool. I don't care. <laughs> I give about a tenth of a shit. I'm glad he likes him. Uh, and it's cool to see a player speaking in coach speak. You don't get that every day. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I, I think for me, the biggest takeaway in all of this is that at least um, they – you know, they're okay. At least it seems like they're okay with, with uh, Raheem Morris because, hey, you know, 
it's a big change to switch coordinators, even though it happens so frequently with the Rams. And, you know, to go from Brandon Staley, who led the Rams to being the number one defense in, in the NFL, you know, it, it's kind of nerve wracking to, you know, have a switch to uh, Raheem Morris, who I think he's, he's a, he's a good hire, but um, what's important is how the, how the players are going to relate to him and how they respect them and everything. And Hey, if, if this makes them happy, then great. That's, that's what I care about. Uh, whether he, you know, talk shit to them during the, during practice. I mean, I, that, that's nothing new. I, I can show you a high school coach that'll talk shit to you the entire time you, that you're on the football field. That that's kind of a normal thing. So like, and as far as that goes, I could give, I couldn't give any less of a shit than that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, about a tenth of a shit, like I said. Yeah, I <laughs> I just, I truly don't care about this one. Yeah, it's it's, it's cool they like him. Um, <laughs> what's he going to say? Like, yeah, we miss Brandon. Like, nobody would ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be some seriously some fucked up shit if you if you get a brand new coordinator and they're like man I wish Brandon was here <laughs> right right yeah it's wild uh, here's another one from our guy Matthew Stafford he says it's been a while since he's been excited this much for a season here's what he said when he was asked how long it's been since he's been this excited it's been a while I've had some good teams in Detroit. I'm excited every single year because I love playing this game. But those years we made the playoffs, 11, 14, and 16, I thought we had good teams. But I'm very excited about playing for this team, the Rams organization. I'm excited about trying to get to know these guys. To win as consistently as the Rams have won in the last four or five years, you've got to have good people. You can't just have good players and good coaches. It's a really fun thing for me to be a part of, just trying to immerse myself in the team. Uh, so... It's it, this one's weird because when I read the headline, I was like, "Yeah, I give a shit." Like, I, I'm happy he's excited. Like, I'm I'm happy he's like really excited to be here and to play. And maybe he hasn't had this much excitement in a while. When you read the quote, it's a very empty quote, and I no longer give a shit after reading it. <laughs> like, yeah, he, we I I know you love playing football, Matthew, and I'm very I, we're both very <laughs> excited to have you on this team. Uh, like you didn't really say anything here. Yeah, I. <laughs> it it's kind of one of those weird things because it you have to understand that some of these questions are very basic questions anyway. So like this is this isn't necessarily a question that Matthew Stafford would probably get on the norm. Uh, you know when he was in Detroit because. I mean, it was just another year for him. Now he's playing on a different team, you know, uh, and a team that has a winning culture. So I guess it, it does somewhat call for these basic-ass questions. But um, at the same time, like, did you really learn anything from this? And the answer is no, not really. <laughs> it's it, it was... You're happy that he that he's excited. You're happy that he loves to play the game because, hey, I guess he could say it's it's all about the money for me, which some players have said in the past. So, yeah, take that for what it is, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like the uh, 
Leonard Floyd quote, he could have said something way worse. But he he just said a thing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, I can't wait to watch him. I believe him when he says he's very excited to play this year. Uh, and it probably is the most excited he's been in a while. But, like, why wouldn't it be? You could blame them that. Yeah, right. Like, what you, what, when else would he have been this excited? Uh, here, here's one, and I'm sure this is going to – I'm sure this is going to be a tough one for the listeners to guess if I give a shit about this quote. Uh, Troy Aikman said he wouldn't be surpr- shocked at all if Matthew Stafford won MVP. Here's the full quote. I know Matthew well. I love the guy. I think he's terrific. And I think he's going to play his best football this year. I really do, Aikman told Sam Farmer of the LA Times. I think for him to get to work with Sean McVay in that offense, I really expect Matthew to have the best season of his career. Wouldn't shock me at all if he's the MVP of the league. But then he continued, with that being said, there are expectations, and he knows it. And that's what he wants. I mean, that's what he's been dreaming of. That's what he wanted the whole time he's been in Detroit. He wanted to be in a contender. And at the end of the day, that's how you make your mark. And I'm so excited for him to and the opportunity he has. So it's kind of like, Troy, uh, it's kind of like saying that the team that scores the most points wins the game. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, wouldn't shock me at all if Matthew Stafford won MVP. Uh, yeah, like. I don't know. Wouldn't shock me at all if I woke up hungry tomorrow. You know, maybe I won't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I. As you can imagine, Johnny, I, I don't also care about Troy's take here. I, I think I would be more shocked if I didn't wake up hungry tomorrow. I'm just saying, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I that that was it didn't really say much that quote did it. Um you know, on one hand, I I'm thrilled that a Hall of Fame quarterback in Troy Aikman is giving praise to Matthew Stafford. That's great, but he didn't really add anything substantial to make us believe any different than we had already been thinking. So yeah, I I could give I couldn't give a shit about this at all. It, it just it added nothing. There was nothing substantial about it. Um, happy that he's getting praise, and uh, maybe maybe if all goes well, this will actually work out for Matthew Stafford and the Rams. But um, again, I could give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That's all we had uh, for the game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep track of some of these pseudo quotes or headlines over the next month or so. We'll probably play this game in another month. I uh, it was great to revisit this game, man. I it, one of my favorites. Yeah, I I look forward to this every year just because we tend to find a lot of bullshit, like we really do, and every year. It, it seems like we find something new and different to like say, do we really actually give a shit about this? And yeah, we're, I, I think we'll find even more as, as the off season continues and hopefully, uh, you know, this, this doesn't last too much longer because Hey, at least we have a preseason to look forward to. Right. Yeah, man. Finally going to have a preseason. Um, whether we see the Rams starters play or we get nope. to watch backups play. I'm excited yep. either way. 
And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the end of May, May, like people who cover the game full time, you know, they're going to be reaching for content. They're going to be reaching for questions, to ask players when they get interviews. There's not that much to talk about. And, you know, they're, they're reaching for, for topics and headlines and look at us. We're doing it too. We just had a 40 minute podcast about fake topics. So like <laughs> we're, it's just fun, man. You got, you got to keep the continent going somehow, uh, before we get to the real, real good stuff. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll do our schedule preview in a couple of weeks. Uh, and maybe we'll get some more guests on here, but we'll, we'll figure it out. This was a great start though, to uh peak off season, I would say. Yeah, totally agree. And looking forward to actually discussing some real topics like uh, yeah, position battles. I think this year there'll be more position battles to, to look at. Uh, so maybe less fake topics to worry about. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll, we'll get some good stuff in the pipeline. Uh, you got any parting thoughts here before we depart this week? Just I'm happy for the Dodgers for their turnaround and Hopefully the Lakers can continue to, uh, you know, keep their fortune going without looking at, you know, their last game. Yeah, yeah. Well, the top seeded will up 1-0. Philadelphia 76ers don't play till Wednesday. So I'm waiting until then to uh, watch us continue to conquer. Yeah, they have nothing to worry about, honestly. Foe, 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 baby. Um, <laughs> not this round they don't have anything to worry about yeah we avoided the heat in the second round we'll see what happens all right well you know where to find us be sure to follow us on twitter at Barrow, at johnny six and at talk rams uh give the five, show a five star rating if you haven't already and we'll be back with you guys next week tell sean payton keep talking that we gonna see him soon you feel me Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.